Good morning. This is the Tomorrow Christian on his earthly birthday. Reading Numbers 22 in the NLT. But first and always we pray. Dear Lord, today is November 22. And I was born in 1964 and I'm reading Numbers 22. Wow, what a coincidence. Starts with N and the same number. I know you're there, Lord, because I know when I see numbers jumbling together like this, I know that you're there, I know you care, and I know I'm loved, and I feel it right now. Thank you so much, and help us to read your word and enjoy it and enjoy you and feel the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving us. We love you too, and we thank you for giving us the spirit to discern wisdom and joy and happiness. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Yes, my friends, today it's about me because I'm selfish and narcissistic and superficial. I went back to the gym. I did my legs. I got a pump because I've recognized that eating smaller meals of carbohydrates is better for me. But when I take the protein out, I actually get a better pump. <clears throat> but the thing is, because of my metabolism, my fast oxidizer metabolism, my stomach is a little nauseated. But I have been working out for 40 years. And I feel that the Lord has blessed me and shown me why it is that my metabolism rebels against me when my muscles start to get big. Maybe one day I'll tell somebody and they'll believe me and I'll be super rich and maybe I won't and maybe I'm wrong. But I did ask the Lord for wisdom and I did ask him for a reason why and that's the reason he gave me. And after that I went to the store and I got some food because I had nothing in here and then I was bothered by something that keeps plaguing me and I said, Lord, Please give me the Holy Spirit and empower me. Command me to do what you want, but empower me to accomplish that which you want me to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then my boss emailed me and said, Happy birthday, Sunshine. My boss called me Sunshine, and he's a very, he's a very um, masculine man. So it was like, that's a good feeling. He was joking around with me, of course. Uh, he's never called me Sunshine before. <laughs> Actually, I was born in Grace Hospital, and his wife's name is Grace. And he's a very tall, big man. He's like Nebuchadnezzar, but he's very friendly. And then my friend called me, who I used to work with at my, at my current bank, at my current place of employment. And he's been working at another bank for eight years. And he knew it was my birthday too. I don't know how they know it was my birthday. I really have no idea. My friend that called me, he is kind of like Al Pacino. He's Italian, gregarious, friendly, friendly to a fault. Uh, difficult, <laughs> somewhat obnoxious, but you know, he's got a heart the size of the planet Earth. Whatever, you know, if, if, you, if, you're, if, he's, uh, if he likes you, he'll do anything for you. If he doesn't like you, you'll know about it. But my friend is just like Al Pacino. He's Italian, very passionate, and whenever I tell him that we're brothers in Christ, he likes that because he says this world is pretty done for. And then I went to get my license plate sticker renewed, and it was for free. The lady wasn't very happy. She, was, she mumbled, <laughs> and I did say thank you. But I didn't have to put a sticker on my license plate, so I guess, I guess the, if the police are driving near you and they see November 22, that somehow they can look you up and say, oh, this guy's paid till November 2025. I don't know how, they, I don't know how that works. But we don't put license um, plate stickers on our license plates like we used to before in Ontario. I don't know why. I kind of like doing that. But they took that little luxury away from me. Anyways, I've mumbled and ranted enough. 
November 22 and Numbers 22. Wow. Let's read. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River, across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. So they're being watched. Okay, somebody's watching you. Remember that song? That guy walked around his house. He said, somebody's watching you. So enemies are watching Israel. The devil is watching us. And you know what? We're happy and we're aging well and we're, we're broadcasting the word of God. Let the devil and his demons keep watching us. Let, let, him, let him control people around me and let them be looking not very nice and not kind. But you know what? Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Christ lives in you. God lives in you. And when that happens, you're loved. That's when God says to you, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm not the beloved son, but I am a beloved son, and you are a beloved son or a beloved daughter. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites they were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, well, I guess the devil's terrified when he sees you connecting with Jesus. He is absolutely terrified. You're on the devil's hit list. You're on the demon's hit list, and that's why your life is difficult, because he's terrified of you, because he knows you're going to outlive him and he knows that you're bound for glory. This train is bound for glory. Yes, Mr. Devil, get your hands off the train. You blew it, and you're not gonna take away my chance. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight, like an ox devours grass in the field. You're right, the meek shall inherit the earth. The earth is gonna be swallowed up by the meek and the humble, and that's us, in my humble opinion. <laughs> so Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pithor near the Euphrates River. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They've come out of Egypt. They've come out of confusion. They've come out of spiritual Egypt. And we, we want you to look at these people because we got, we got, uh, I got a job for you. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So yeah, we're threatening the devil, my friends. When our king died on the cross, the devil was accused and we saw what he is really like. And Mr. Devil, the big narcissist, the insecure narcissist, is threatened by you and me. And if the devil doesn't know me, that's fine. I'm just small potatoes. He knows my king and maybe one of his little minions knows me. But they're threatened anyways. Please come and curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. So obviously this, this Balaam guy, he was like a prophet. And I was always wondering why he was a false prophet, because it seems that he does have some kind of a power. I really couldn't figure this out. So I'm glad I'm actually reading this because I got a bad memory and I can't quite figure out. But he was a false prophet and he ended up dying somewhere else in the Bible. He got killed. His name is referred. He got killed. But it seems to me that he has like a real power because this, this Moabite evil king who's demonic says, hey, you got some power here. So I want you to come and curse these people and stop them from being a threat to me. And that's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to curse you. He's trying to hurt you. The devil took away my kids. I don't see my children. And he turned my ex-wife against me. And he's threatened by me. So I didn't even get rebaptized in the Baptist church. And this had already happened. And she wanted nothing to do with me. And I prayed. I said, Lord, show me what the right path. And the fact is, it was such a vitriolic reaction. When your family and your friends turn against you because you believe in Jesus Christ, 
whether you're a man or a woman, that's you're being persecuted for your faith. And that shows that they are the devil is threatened by you and he's trying to break you. It's kind of a validation, a vindication. You are on the right path. It don't feel good. It doesn't feel good. That caused a lot of depression, a lot of tears. But you know what? Reading this and seeing my life the way it has been since 2018, I'm on the right path. Not because I'm smart, because Jesus Christ was kind enough to pluck me off the wrong path and put me on the right path. And he said, take up your cross and follow me. We're bound for glory. This train is bound for glory. 59 years of power and glory. We're bound for eternity next to our heavenly father in heaven. If you don't say amen, you better say ouch, as Vodi Bakum would say. Balak's messengers who were elders of Moab and Midian set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. That's what the devil does. He baits you with money, right? Riches, money, money, money. Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven, store up eternal treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. So he's, he's saying that he's listening to God. This is what always confused me when people call this guy a false prophet. But he says, the Lord. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, who are these men visiting you? So it seems to me he's talking to God. Like he's talking to the to the right God. I mean, I'm assuming that when it says God, it doesn't mean the false God or some demon that's pretending to be God. It's, it sounds to me like it's the God of the Old Testament, which is the God of the New Testament, which is God our Father. So God is speaking directly to this dude. This This dude really used to confuse me, but I think you have to see his life as it's stretched out in the Bible from beginning to end in order to realize this guy went, he went rogue. He went off the path. Maybe he was on the path. But he went off the path. Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But, there's a but there, but God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been blessed. Well, it seems to me that the God of Israel is also the God of this quote false unquote prophet maybe maybe that's what happened with the the lady who was in my my church she was just a regular person and then these people this ecumenical movement came out and said that jesus was coming on a certain day october 22 1844 and when that did not happen they just kind of like okay we we want somebody to lead us so this lady pipes up and all of a sudden she becomes like a prophet and maybe that's how she started she started with the best of intentions Right? She started, and this guy Balaam, he sounds like the same thing. He started with the best of intentions, but somehow he went rogue. You know, I used to read Stephen King's stories, and he would always kind of set up the antagonist. And he said the, the antagonist started out as a good guy, but then somehow, quote, how, oh my God, how the money rolled in. Unquote. That, that was always Stephen King's right. Oh my God, how the money rolled in. And all of a sudden, the good guy becomes a bad guy because the money turns him. So maybe this is how you become a rogue. This is you you get rich, you get greedy. We're all we all want money. We all want money to pay our bills. But then the money but people start listening to you, they start buying your books, and all of a sudden your ego starts to inflate. And all of a sudden you blink one day and instead of saying God did it, you say, Hey, I did it. Look at this. People are listening to me. This is very interesting. This is the progression of a person from someone who's speaking truth through the Holy Spirit to someone who goes off the course. 
This is very, very interesting. So all false prophets or burgeoning false prophets, beware. This is how it starts. You get a little bit of attention and you get some money from a bad guy. And slowly but surely you go off the rails. You drift, you drift off the narrow path. And all of a sudden you come to the edge and unlike flat earth, which has an ice, an, an iceberg wall around it to protect you from falling off the flat earth pizza pie, you fall off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love those flat earth people. You always got to have an ice rim so you can never fall off the earth. <laughs> good, good guys, good save. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So he's actually holding to integrity. So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. So here, here folks, I did say that I was reading the Bible and if, if you don't ever listen to my opinions, I don't even really need you to. I'm just having fun here. But you're listening to God's word. But I guess I can't help myself that when I read this, I go, wow, I've seen this pattern before. Okay, so maybe you're here for the reading of the God's word. Maybe you're here for entertainment. But my words are not scripture. They're my opinions and my opinions only. You may agree with me. You may agree with my hermeneutic or my belief or my interpretation, or you may have something so much better. But God's word is God's word. That's what we all agree on by default. Okay, even if you're not sure about God's word, God's word is God's word. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I don't know who wrote this, but God inspired that person to write it. God allowed that person to write it. And God signed off on it because it's in the Bible. The word Bible is not in the Bible, as Mark Driscoll said. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. But the Bible does say all scripture. This is scripture. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well. Ooh, how the money rolled in. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's hammer time. I'm going to give you lots of coin. Think about it. Now, this reminds me kind of like what Eve, Eve, I get the feeling that Eve was talking to the devil, like over many conversations. She probably started out really well. And then he started to, hey, come back. We'll talk again. You know, he started to break her, you know, through, through, through this spiritual erosion, you know. And I think C.S. Lewis wrote a book. And in the book, there's, there's a, this race on Venus. And this, this lady who is the part of this race, she keeps talking to some, some guy some other dude who's filling her head with all these weird things, right? Did Adam know what was going on? Did he really care? Well, she's talking to snake boy, um, but you know what? No harm done, no, no harm, no foul. Did he, did he, did he feel alarmed? Because in, in the book of Genesis chapter three, whether you believe it's a literal story or not, she took the fruit, ate of it. She ate of the, she swallowed the narcissistic cope and crap from the devil. And then she gave it to her husband and he ate too. And it says her husband was with her. Okay, he was there when it all went down. So whether she's responsible or he's responsible, when God came a looking, God went to the man first, the leader, and said, hey, hey, homeboy, why did you let this happen? 
Of course, he blames his wife, whether it's true or not. But God says, you're going to take a beating for this. You're going to take the brunt of the curse of sin. Then he goes to Eve. She blames Snake Boy. She takes the, the brunt of sin. Uh, childbirth is going to be very painful, and it is. It looks really painful. I've seen enough movies, hospital movies, where the woman grabs the dude and says, I hate you. <laughs> when she's in labor pains. But of course, Jesus says, after the pain is gone, the, the happiness of having a child and nurturing that child is a wonderful thing. And then, of course, Snake Boy, we know how that goes. There's a pattern here, my friends. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. So the thing is that he started out really good. He said the second time, hey, no way, I ain't doing this. But stick around. I think he's breaking. It says that he's breaking. So then he says, that night God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So the thing is that it seems like, did God give him permission? I thought God said, don't have anything to do with these guys. And then he says, okay, a uh, second time, you know what, get lost. I told you once and I'm telling you again. But then it's like, mm, tell you what, stick around. I'm going to talk to God one more time. Like maybe if we keep plaguing God, God will... You know, God will sort of go with the buy-in. And then it says that God is the one who says, okay, go with them. Don't do anything. So is that like God giving up somebody? Is that like God allowing this man to do something that God just said a couple of verses before, don't do it? Okay, fine, you know, go with them. Like, you want to go with them, don't you? Like, am I going to stop you if you've really determined that you want to hang out with these dudes and hear the, hear the bad advice they're giving you? I'm not going to stop you, Right? It says in Romans 1, it says, God gave them up. God gave them up. God's pretty patient, but it says he gives, he gives them up. Because it seems that, they're, they're, that this guy wants to do this, but he's kind of holding out, it seems, right? Uh, hey, I'm intrigued. You got me interested. Hey, that's just my hermeneutic. You may read this and see something totally different. I'm just asking God, the Holy Spirit, to give me something cogent about this. I'm filling in gaps, but they're just the gaps that I see. You may not see it this way. Let us be very clear. The only thing that matters between you and me and God right now is this Holy Scripture. Whether it's the NLT or the KJV or whatever you want to believe. That night God came to uh, Balaam and told him, Okay, since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. Hmm. Okay, so the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. So God is angry that he's actually going. He says, go with these men. Then he said, he's angry that he's going. Like maybe God said, okay, I'm going to give you a choice whether you want to go or not. And then he, the guy actually takes the bad choice. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. It almost sounds like that part of Genesis 3 where the angel is standing with a sword in his hand, blocking the tree of life, blocking them from going towards the tree of life. Why was he? It says, God said, I, I have to stop them from going to the tree of life because they may reach out their hand and become immortal. But to me, it also means that if you go towards God when you are in a sinful state, you're going to die because the wrath of God against sin is going to reach out and consume the sin in you. And obviously you, if you don't know God, hey, that's what happened in the, 
in the Indiana Jones movie. I just saw that movie again. Uh, it's pretty bad. I liked it when Indy said, "Shut your eyes." <laughs> we all know what happened to the. We all know. We all know what happened to the bad guys, don't we? Then the angel. Okay, so it says Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord. So the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Isn't that funny that Jesus rode on a donkey and somebody said that the donkey is the only animal that has a cross on its fur? Like the, the, the hair, the way the hair is like it, white in some places and naturally uh, in other places colored. It's the pattern of a cross. And Jesus is riding on a donkey to be humble and meek. And the donkey is actually um, got a cross on its back. Take up your cross and follow me. And he's riding on a donkey. Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Hey, why is there a guy with, a, with a, two pieces of wood in his hand? Or whatever that was, the flaming sword, Jedi sword, like the Jedi Knights, uh, that looks exactly like the pattern on my back. Maybe I better stop. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. So, so this, the donkey sees God, but this dude does not see. He doesn't seem to know where God is. Like, like God is saying, stop, don't go any further, restraint, restraint, restraint. It's like, no, I want to go with these dudes. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a path too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. He beat it three times. Again, three is always that number. He beat the thing three times. He beat it with a staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. It's funny how Eddie Murphy, was, Eddie Murphy was in that movie with the talking donkey. I'd have to be very, uh, when I hear an animal speaking, am I crazy or is this animal really speaking? It's like a Dr. Doolittle moment. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. <laughs> now, I don't know why, he's, didn't he say, hey, what the? <laughs> Dude, why are you talking to me? <laughs> he doesn't seem to really care. He's just, uh, we're just straight out, you've, you've made me look like a fool. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. This guy's pretty obtuse for a prophet of God, isn't he? He seems a little bit obtuse. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Hey, Lord, the donkey is more righteous than me. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded. Look, Lord, look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but only say what I tell you to say. So is the angel a heavenly messenger? Is the, the, the angel is a messenger for God? Bible says nobody's seen God, but yet the, the angel of the Lord is speaking on authority of God, right? Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So God says to go. So <clears throat> this is kind of strange. 
<coughs> I guess if people, pardon me for the cough, I guess if people really don't believe, they could look at this text and say, your God is very bipolar. He tells the guy to go, but then he's angry that he's going, but then he says to go, but do not listen to them. What is it? Maybe it's Balaam is the one who wants to go. Balaam is the one who wants to push. Balaam is, is, is reconciling with himself. God said not to go. Yeah, I'll go, but I won't really listen. Eve said, you know, I'm not really listening to Snake Boy, but I like the way he talks. He's very charismatic. So I'll just kind of go and entertain him a little bit and just kind of listen to what he says. But you know what? I'm still, I'm in control, right? That's what people always say. You know, you take a drink or you do a drug or something. I'm in control. It's all good. And then all of a sudden one day you're out of control. As Stephen King says, you're drinking and you've got the bottle. And then one day the bottle's got you. That's what Mr. King says in his books. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a mobile town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. So he's a little bit demanding, you know. Hey, buddy, I'm giving you some time to think. Think about this. But all of a sudden, he sounds a little bit demanding. He sounds a little bit more narcissistic and demanding kind selfish kind of like the devil eh? even though he says he's giving you all this time and think about it and here's all this money do you really want to make deals with somebody like this who says one thing one day and says and, and acts another way another way like you think he's going to really honor the deal hey i'm going to give you all this money dude and then it's like hey why don't you show up an urgent invitation didn't you believe me when i said i would reward you richly i don't believe this guy i think he's lying Balaam replied, look, now I've come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kerizat Huzath. Yeah, just go off with your enemies. No problem. Just put yourself under their power. Go and listen to them. Go listen to their word salad. Go listen to their arguments. But you're still standing for God. Okay, sure. Right. Uh, where the Lord, so Balaam accompanied Balak to Kirizat Huzath where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. It's funny how a, a demonic king is also doing sacrifices. Like is a pagan sacrifice? Well, what is it? Does he think that maybe he's speaking for God or, or that he's got God? Or is he borrowing um, stuff from the Israelites? So how come everybody's sacrificing all these animals? Maybe, maybe that's what they did. Maybe that's what they did in those days. They just killed sheep to their gods, but then God used that and said to, to Moses, hey, you know what? I'm going to take what the pagans are doing, but I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make it for the truth because one day somebody is coming who represents the perfect uh, sacrifice and he's going to be sacrificed to me so that your sins are forgiven. Because it seems that this, this demonic king who doesn't know Israel is doing sacrifices too. Like, that's really odd, don't you find? I just find that's really odd. That's just my opinion. I don't know all the background. There's probably historians that would be able to read this and they would know exactly what this guy was talking about. I'm just kind of like whatever occurs to me. So again, it's really the text that you have to um, contend with through the power of the Holy Spirit and God. Not, not my, my opinions. My opinions are just mine. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal. From there, he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. I don't know about you all, but I find this text very interesting, not only for what it does say, but for what it doesn't say. But what it doesn't say, again, is my opinions. And I will always tell you, promote Jesus, promote God, promote the Holy Spirit, promote prayer to God. 
and read the Bible for yourself. And you come up with your own hermeneutic as long as it's Jesus-centric. We're on the same team. Thanks for listening. Hope you had fun. God bless you all.